Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Let's pray. Ask God to bless our sermon this morning, our message this morning. We'll jump right in. Lord, we love you. We need you. We thank you for a great service so far. Thank you for our worship this morning. Help it to have been glorifying to you. And Lord, help our hearts to be, to be real and genuine. Lord, bless the message this morning. Use me as I, as I preach it. Help your words to come off the page and uh, just touch the hearts of those who are listening this morning. Lord, thank you for being good to us. Thank you for our building that you've allowed us. Thank you for our guests who are with us today. Lord, bless us. Be with us. And we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I liked to show things off. I wasn't much of a show-off. That was my older brother was a show-off. But if I had something that I thought was cool, I wanted to show other people about it. I remember when I was a kid, my, my uh, cousin, my cousin who was an adult, he was much older, he was probably in his 20s, and I was like nine, he brought me and my brother out to just buy us something. He was trying to be that cool uncle kind of cousin person. And brought me to Toys R Us in the Holyoke Mall in Holyoke, Massachusetts. And uh, he, there was this new Lego set. And I don't even think it was very popular. It probably, it's probably on like eBay now for really expensive. But it was this like Lego, like robot granite grind. I remember the name it was called the granite grind. It had this spinny like spike. And it was supposed to be like a Legos that like, you know, the, the, the theme of it was like underground, you know, building kind of stuff. And I got that and built it and thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And wanted to show everybody what it was. Show my parents, show my friends, show the neighbor probably showed strangers. I didn't care. I, was, I thought it was so cool. And that's just how kids are. You know, I got four boys. I love all of them so much. But sometimes the things that they think are cool really aren't that cool, right? Come on, let's just be honest. You know, like, dad, 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 look, dad, dad. What, what, hold on. What, dad, 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 look, look, dad. What, okay, what is it? What's cool, cool? He's like, look what I can do. I'm like, cool, man. Like, that's great, bro. They, they think, now, there's also parents. Yeah, sometimes think their kids are great. Okay, let's just be honest. I know my kids can be real naughty sometimes, can be real, uh, you know, they can be a lot. I got four of them, I'm not going to sit up here and lie, I'm not going to be dishonest. Kids can be a lot sometimes. And never met a parent that's like, oh my son, he's such an angel, he's so precious. He's like, I actually taught him in Sunday school class, and he's not an angel. In fact, if he's any kind of angel, he's the angel that they talk about in the Old Testament. No, he's, he, listen, he's not an angel at all. And then you got sometimes, you know, like me, parents whose kids are, are actually great. And I love showing my kids off, and I do it all the time, especially Sethi. And, uh, but but when, you, when you like something, when, when something's important to you, you don't mind kind of bragging about it a little bit, showing it off. You know, if you go to a good restaurant, you know, and you love it, and the service is great, and the food is great, and it's all delicious, and you want to go back, then yeah, if someone's like, hey, I'm looking for a new restaurant, where should I go? You're going to be like, oh, you need to try this place out. You know, I'm bringing, I'm bringing Andy to the Knack today in Hyannis. The Knack started out in Orleans. It's a delicious burger place that you can walk up and eat. They started one in Hyannis now, have another branch, whatever. And it's amazing. And I, we've been, this is my third week in a row there. Thank God. We've got to keep having visitors come to church so I can bring them to the Knack. And uh, it's delicious. And I gladly, if you've been around me for five minutes talking about food, I'm going to mention the Knack because I love it. And I kind of hope they hear this message because maybe they'll sponsor me or something like that. And I can be like their spokesman. <laughs> When you love something, you want to talk about it. Even beyond that, when something has helped you, you want it to help 
others that have the same need that you did. If something helps you, if you have a struggle, a need, a challenge, and you find something or somebody that helped you, that brought you through it, then when you meet someone that has the same issue that you had, you're like, hey, you need to talk to so-and-so, or hey, you need to try this, or you need to do this, and you try to kind of recommend it because you know that it made a difference in you. Last week in the message, we saw in the, these last few verses, verses uh, 35, 36, 37, 38 from the message last week, that John the Baptist, this preacher, this quirky kind of preacher here in the New Testament uh, told his own followers, his own disciples, hey, that's Jesus. He's here. He's the Messiah. It's time to follow him. He told his own followers, those who had been with him in his ministry, he said, hey, listen, sure, I preach that you follow me. I appreciate it. But Jesus is here. The Son of God has come. The Messiah is here. The Messiah that we've talked and prayed about for so long, he is here, and it's time that you followed him. And we saw last week, and I'll just read, you can just listen. We see that last week Jesus and when he's there, and John says, hey, follow Jesus, in verse number 38, Jesus turns and sees these two new guys following him and says, hey, what, what, what's going on? What do you want? You know, what, what do you seek? He said, what seekest thou? What, what do you need? And they said, hey, where are you staying? And what they were saying in that answer was, where you are is where I want to be. We're going to follow you now. We want to, to, to be with you. And then we get to verse 39 today in our message as we continue through the gospel of John verse by verse. And Jesus says unto them, in verse 39, he saith unto them, come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. So Jesus answers uh, their, their, you know, their answer when they say, hey, where are, you where are you staying? And he says, come and see. He answers them by inviting them. Come and see, I'll show you. Follow me. And they went and stayed with him for the day, these two men. Isn't that what he does with us when... In our lives, church, when, when we uh, are in our lives and we're going day by day, we're working our jobs, we're raising our families, we're trying to live through life, we wonder what to do with our lives. Often life becomes a little unknown. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? What's next for me? You know, I, I feel like I'm just kind of going for the most. I feel kind of stagnant right now. What's next for me? We wonder what will happen sometimes. Maybe you wonder what's going to happen when I die. What, if I die today, what's going to happen? I don't know what the afterlife is all about. What, what's going to happen when we ask God? Or some, maybe you just, you just kind of shout to the sky and say, you know, why is this happening in my life? Why are you allowing these things to happen to me? And when we question and ask those questions and wonder those things, Jesus always answers with an invitation. I'll show you. You know, what, what's going on with my life? Uh, what am I going to do with my life? And Jesus says, come and see what I can do with your life. Come, come follow me. I'll show you what I can make of you. I'll show you how I can use you. I'll show you how I can help you. You wonder, what's going to happen when I die? What's going to happen? You know, where am I going to go? What's, is heaven real? Is hell real? What's going to happen? And when we ask this question, Jesus says, hey, I can give you eternal life. I can give you a relationship with God the Father. I can save your soul. I can give you a home in heaven. When we wonder why we face trials, why we face tribulations and, and challenges and troubles and have dark days in our life, we say, God, why is this happening to me? He says, no, I'm with you. I'll help you. Let me show you what I can do with that trial. And John the author, not John the Baptist, who is the preacher in this story, but the book of John, the gospel of John is a different John. The author, John, was one of those two men that followed Jesus. One of John the Baptist's disciples. And John was so moved by that first interaction with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that he remembered the exact hour that he met him. He says it right there in the passage. Uh, it was about the 10th hour, which is about 4 p.m. In, 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 in that culture. 
And they stayed with him for the rest of the day, the Bible says. They met him, and, they, and he said, come and see, I'll show you. And they stayed with him the rest of the day. How, how must that have been when you think about that? To spend the day with Jesus, that first meeting. And what, what a wondrous thing it must have been. Verse 40, as we move along. Verse 40 says, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So, so it's John, the author, and Andrew. These are the two guys that began to follow Jesus. They, they walked away from the ministry of John the Baptist who said, hey, go follow him. And they began to follow Jesus, Andrew and John. And it says in verse 40, 41, he, Andrew, first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. So after his day with Jesus, after his time with Jesus, Andrew immediately finds his brother, Simon Peter, and tells him about Jesus. He goes and finds him. After that day with Jesus, he goes and immediately goes to his brother and says, listen, we found him. We found the one we've been waiting for. The one that we used to hear about when we were kids and, and we read about in the Old Testament and, and that we prayed for and longed for. He's here. I spent the day with him yesterday. I saw him with my own eyes. He's real. The, the Messiah is, has come. In verse 42, what happens? It says he brought him to Jesus. So Andrew brings his brother Simon Peter to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt, and, and thou shalt be called Cephas which is by interpretation a stone. I love that phrase, by the way, at the beginning of verse 42. He brought him to Jesus. Andrew brought his brother to Jesus. What a statement that is. Like the change had already been made in Andrew's life, and he said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get this out. I gotta tell other people about this. And what does Jesus do in this passage with, with Simon Peter, this, this brother that is brought to him? He, he changes him. That name changed. He actually changed him and said, hey, you're Simon, son of Jonah, but, but you're going to be called Cephas, which is an interpretation, a stone. That name change wasn't just like for fun. Like, hey, I'm going to call you Billy now. Or I'm going to call you, you know, Derek now. It was, there was something more important. It wasn't just some random name change. What it was was, was Jesus was really foreseeing how he was going to change Simon Peter's life. Because, you know, Peter, and we'll get to it in the, in the end of the book of John as we study the Bible more and preach the Bible more, Peter became an early pillar of the church. You, you've heard St. Peter, if you're in any kind of religion, this is the Peter we're talking about, a, a pillar of the early church. And Jesus knew that. Peter and everyone else who chose to follow Jesus, Andrew and John and Peter and the other disciples, and anybody who chose to follow Jesus, their lives were going to change forever. Their lives were going to change, not just by their name changing. Their lives were going to change forever. Because church, that's what happens when you meet Jesus. When you meet Jesus, your life changes forever. It just does. It changes forever. Doubt that riddles so many of us, including me, doubt is replaced by faith. When you allow Jesus to meet with you and change you. Fear is replaced by courage. Anxiety is replaced by peace. That's the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. Selfishness is replaced by selflessness. 
To where instead of being concerned and focused about our own needs and wants, suddenly the change of Jesus Christ in our life, we're now focused on trying to help other people. Pride is replaced by humility, and only Jesus can make that real lasting change. That's not to say that people can make good choices in their own morality. There are people that don't know Jesus at all that are very, very good people. I'm talking about lasting, real, genuine peace. In the midst of trial, that comes from Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can make those changes. Church, I remember, I remember when I met Jesus for the first time. I remember I was a little boy in a little church in Westfield, Massachusetts, and it was my job to sit in the back corner of the auditorium, this little, you know, uh, Baptist church in Westfield, Massachusetts. Everything was blue, blue carpets, blue chairs. Mom, you've been there. Blew everything, okay? It's old-fashioned, independent, fundamental Baptist church. Man, we play, they play the piano, we sing the hymns, and that's what I grew up with, man. I love to wear a little suit and tie to church every week. And, but it was my job as a little nine, eight, nine-year-old boy or so, ten-year-old boy, to sit in the back with this really old ghetto sound system, and they would record all the sermons on, on cassette tape. And it was my job that when the preacher preached way too long, and he was a good man, he's in heaven now, but, man, he preached forever. Like, you think of me, I'm long? Sometimes this guy would go forever. Andrew knows. Andrew heard Pastor Cleveland preach for He'd go forever, man. And, and he was a kind of a slow talker, too, so it made it even double long. But it was my job when, when that tape, that side of the cassette tape would, like, run out, I'd have to flip it real quick and press record again because we're not missing any of this, you know, hour-and-a-half, two-hour sermon. But I remember sitting in that back little chair next to this big giant sound system with a little cassette tape and it would click and be done flip it over. And I remember at the end of the service they would give kind of what we do, an invitation. The message would be over and everybody's heads would bow and their eyes would close and the pastor would begin to ask questions like, if you die today, do you know where you'd go? Hey, Jesus can save your soul. Hey, Jesus died on the cross for you. He rose again. He can give you a home in heaven. He can change your life. And I had heard all that before. I grew up in church. You know, I had never made a decision. I had never made the choice to place my trust in Jesus Christ. And as a little boy, what they would do, and we don't do it much here, only once in a while, but what they would do every service, they'd say, come on down to the altar, come on down to the altar. And as a little boy, I remember finally, I mean, my hands were sweaty, and, and, uh, and I was nervous, and I was like, oh, man, I think God's speaking to my heart. And I, I, I walked up to the, up, the, up the side aisle and knelt down as a little boy at that altar and gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I was just eight, nine years old. I didn't really know exactly what to say. I just said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I don't want to go to hell, and, and you died for me, and, and I love you, and you love me, and can you save my soul? Could you come to my heart? Could you forgive me of my sins? I, I, I want to be with you. I want, I want to be like you, and I don't even remember all the words I said, but I prayed, and, and I got saved that morning and gave my heart to Jesus. I never forget. I can vividly remember that moment. For the last 25 years, Jesus has been continually tearing down my little kingdom of one, where, where I get to be the boss, where, I, uh, where it's my way or the highway, or, or where I get to be right, where no one can get in my way. And little by little, over the last 25 years, because listen, I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be. Jesus, little by little, has been chipping away at my pride. Sometimes I ignored it. Sometimes I thought that I had it all together. But little by little, Jesus would enter my life again and again. He, man, he, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside me, but he continually is changing me. And I'm thankful for that. 
I'm thankful for the change that he's made in my life, that he is making in my life. It's not always the case, but, it's, but I try to live thankful for painful grace. Say, painful grace? What's that mean? Painful grace. The grace of Jesus that shows me who I really am. Because you know what? I'm a sinner. I can be real selfish sometimes. I can be real prideful sometimes. I can be a real jerk sometimes. That's the down Savini, the flesh. That's who I can really be sometimes. That's the grace of Jesus shows me, hey, Donald, you don't got it together, bro. Hey, Donald, you're a mess, man. You got to remember that. Don't get cocky. Don't get prideful. Man, you can be a real jerk sometimes. But that same grace that showed me who I really am, that same grace showed me who I am, but it also showed me something else. It showed you that I, and reminded me that I'm a child of God. I'm saved. Jesus lives inside me. It showed me who I am, yes, uh, who I was, who I am, and who I can be. That's what the grace of Jesus does. Jesus changes lives. He changes lives. He, he can turn my pride into humility. Where instead of being like, well, I'm going to be right. I'm going to win this argument with Marissa. And I'm going to tell her how it is. When the grace of you says, Donald, shut up, bro. Quiet. Humble yourself. Show some grace. Don't I show you grace, Donald? Don't, don't, hey, don't, don't I give you a lot of chances? Hey, don't, don't I uh, you know, listen to your side of this? Yeah, I do. And the grace of you says, Donald, you need to calm down. Relax. And hear. And admit fault. That's what the grace of Jesus does. And the passage today that we read, we see a man, Andrew, who met Jesus. He met Jesus, and there was some change that was made in his life. And after he met Jesus, something so wonderful happened to his life that he had to share it with somebody else. And church, that's exactly what Jesus wants you to do. That's exactly what he wants us to do. His final words before he went to be with his Father in heaven. And it's at the end of John. It's at the end of the book of Matthew and Mark and Luke. At the end of those books, those gospels, we see Jesus telling his followers, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hey, go and tell every creature, every person, everybody, go and tell my story. Go and tell them what I can do for their lives. That was Jesus' final call to his people, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're getting ready to finish up this morning, church, so I just wanted to just kind of play, play a little bit just to kind of get us started. Listen, I'm so glad, church, I'm so glad that someone felt the need in a little trailer park in Alabama over 30 years ago. I'm so glad that somebody felt the need to talk to their neighbors about Jesus. Sitting around a picnic table, it's probably hot because it was Alabama. Sitting around that picnic table with a young couple and their little baby, having dinner and sharing the gospel. Bruce and Dottie, an older couple who loved Jesus who loved Jesus, who loved the work of God, who obviously Jesus had made a change in their life. And they shared the gospel with John and Jane Savini, my parents, before I was ever born. I wasn't even born yet, and my life was already changed. Because an older couple who knew Jesus said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell our neighbors in the trailer next door about a God who can change their life. And I'm grateful for that. Because I wouldn't be standing here today without a Bruce and Dottie. And now here on Cape, our mission at Coastline, what is it? It's to share what Jesus has done with us to those people in our lives. So church, the question this morning for you, 
is who is your person? Who is that person in your life that you know needs Jesus in their life? Who needs change in their life that you know? And listen, we can all say, oh, I need change. Yes, we do too. I'm talking about beside yourself, who in your life needs a change from Jesus Christ? Who needs some grace in their life? Who in your life needs some hope? Needs some help? See, Andrew didn't think twice about running to tell his brother. Can I ask you a tough question this morning, church? And I'll ask myself the same question. Do you care enough to do something about that? Do you care enough? Do I care enough to get out of my comfort zone and have that conversation with that person in my life who doesn't know Jesus? You know, every single week at this church, in this service, the gospel of Jesus Christ will be preached. The hope of Jesus will be shared every single week. It's the, it's the beginning and the end. It's the middle. It's all of it. What is our core? What is our purpose? It's Jesus Christ. It's his gospel. That's what it's all about here. It's what it's all about. And because of that truth, listen, because of that, you know that the hope of Christ will be shared. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you with something. Think of someone right now. Think of someone in your life right now who needs Jesus, who needs something different in their life. Think of that person. And I want you to find that person. Text, call, meet with them. I don't care. Tell that someone that Jesus has changed your life. And I want you to invite that person to come with you. Can I tell you something? I'm not, we didn't come out here to start this church to just fill a room with people. But I'll say this, the more people that are in this room, the more people are going to hear about the hope of Jesus Christ that, it, that has changed and is changing your life. Why would we keep it to ourselves? We are not called to disciple one another. And that's it. Let's just reach to each other that are here already. No, we're supposed to be reaching out. That person that you're thinking of needs to be rescued. Needs to be rescued. And I'm asking you to be that person. Not the rescuer, because Christ is rescuer, but the one that, that throws out the lifeline, the one that throws out the life preserver and says, hey, I, I, know, I know a way that you can find hope. I know a way that you can find peace. I know a way that you can find uh, joy in your life. Hey, it's not by more money or a better job or a better, a perfect relationship because it's not out there. It's through Jesus Christ and him alone. Remember, church, someone reached out to you. Somebody invited you to church. Somebody told you about Jesus. Someone cared about you. And Jesus has changed your life. Will you be a part of him changing someone else's? Will you allow him to use you? That's what we're here for, church. That's what it's all about. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know, Donald, this is all great and fun and I hear what you're saying, but I don't really know Jesus. I've never given my heart to Jesus Christ. If I died today, I don't know what would happen. I don't know if i go to heaven. I don't know if i go to hell. I don't even know what I believe in all that. I just don't know, man. Maybe that's you. Then listen, if that's you, then we can talk about that after. And I want to talk about that after. Because you need Jesus. If you're here without Christ, you need Jesus. 
You need to give your heart to Christ. I'm telling you, he will change your life. That doesn't mean all your problems go away. That doesn't mean life just becomes perfect. You know, that's not true at all. But what it means is that in the brokenness of this world, in the tough days of this world, in the hard days of this world, which are going to be there and already have been there, in those dark times and challenging times and unknown times of life, you have somebody you can lean on that will never fail you, that will never leave you, that will never forsake you. That's Jesus. That's the hope that we have. So maybe you don't know Jesus today. I want to I introduce you to him if you haven't already heard me talking about him all service long. But for those who do know Jesus, man, it's time to tell somebody else. It's time to say, hey, listen, uh, so-and-so, a friend from work, a neighbor, uh, a family member, whoever. Hey, hey, I want you in church with me next week. Can you come with me in church? I found a new church. I'm, I'm, I just got here. And, and man, it's, it's not that long. The preacher's not too super long. I mean, he preaches pretty quick. And they got donuts sometimes. You can sell however you want to. I don't care. Say, hey, they got really cute kids running all around, you know. Oh, they're having some with autism, and, and maybe, maybe they're interested in that. Say, hey, I want you to meet them. I want, find a way and get them here, because you know what's going to happen? They're going to sit under the preaching of God's word and hear that there's a Savior that loves them, that cares about them, that can change their life. So it's time, church. It's time. It's not up to me to build a church. It's up to, it's up to us in letting God use us. God will build his church. But he's going to use us to do it by sharing. That is what we're here for. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. Not keeping it to ourselves, but spreading the word. Fill in this place. Find somebody. Think of someone this morning. We're going to take a moment, just a moment, and bow our heads and pray. And I'm going to ask you to think of that person. Let's do that right now. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. No one's going to be looking around. Think of that person in your life, church, right now. Think of that person. You can see their face in your mind right now. Maybe it's a mother or a father or a cousin or a sibling. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a friend. Hey, maybe it's an enemy. <laughs> I don't know. Think of that name. Think of that person. And think of how God could change their life forever. And maybe all it'll take is you asking God for the courage, stepping out of your comfort zone, and saying, hey, would you come to church with me next Sunday? Hey, would you come to church with me on Easter or on Palm Sunday or whatever? Or maybe even beyond it, maybe they don't really like church. Maybe they're saying, well, I don't go to church. Hey, you know what, let's go get coffee somewhere. And you can sit with them at Starbucks and say, I want to just tell you, I know you don't really like church, but this is bigger than church. It's about God. This is about Jesus Christ who has changed your life, who's changed, who can change your life. It's changed mine. Would you right now, in, your, in the quietness of your seat, you don't have to do it out loud. You can do it in your heart. Would you just lift that name to the Lord this morning and pray and ask God to give you the courage to talk to them about Jesus? See, Andrew met his brother. Andrew met Jesus and immediately brought his brother the next day. So you've got to meet this guy. You gotta, listen, where's that passion in our hearts? I just got to tell somebody about Jesus. I just got to give somebody to church so they can hear the gospel of Jesus. Would you take a moment, church, and pray? And maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're sitting there, and like I said earlier, you're that, you're that person that's like, I don't know Jesus I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know. I don't know about any of that stuff, man. And you're sitting here and you're like, you know what? Honestly, 
I'm ready for some peace in my life. I'm ready for some more clarity in my life. I'm ready for, for, for a change in my life, for God to use me. And I want God to use me. You know what? If I'm not saved, if I haven't trusted Christ, I want to do that today. I want to know more about that. I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ and let him change me and use me and help me.